Hey, it's Josh. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to let you all know that the Vermont Public Spring Membership Drive has arrived. Donations from folks like you make everything we do here possible. If you want to help support our people-powered journalism, be sure to make a donation in any amount by March 16th by going to bravelittlestate.org donate. And as always, thank you for your support. From Vermont Public Radio, this is Brave Little State. I'm Angela Evansy. And if you're listening with headphones, you might want to turn the volume down a bit. Okay, ready? So this is Bobby Arnell, and I'm recording what it sounds like to have an F-35 fly over your house. As you can see, it's um, quite loud. Um, This is actually being recorded inside my house. Um, I do have the window open. Bobby Arnell lives in Winooski with his wife and five-year-old daughter. And if you can't hear him, he's saying there's an F-35 flying over his house. And this is what it sounds like. Yep, I think there is another one. I think this is probably the third or fourth plane that is flying over our house right now at this point. The F-35 is a super fancy military jet. It's actually known as a stealth fighter jet. And there are 20 of them based at the Burlington International Airport. That's where the Vermont Air National Guard takes off and lands for their training flights roughly twice a day. It's not like a commercial aircraft that flies over. And we have plenty of those that fly over um, Winooski as well. This is, um, you know, an extremely loud, almost like a roar. Almost like a rocket taking off. Especially when it comes over the building, does its turns. It's loud. Sometimes you can feel it. That They sound like they could be splitting the sky open. Like it's a really deep rumble. And you, like it, you can feel it in your heart. Like it's- that was Kaylee O'Donnell of Burlington and Joe Charbonneau of Winooski. Here's Bruce Wilson, who splits time between Winooski and Milton. The sound is excruciating. It's so loud. Oh, my God. You can't hear nothing. It rattles everything, you know. And um, I appreciate those, those F-35. Personally, I, can't, I love to see them when they do their little techniques or whatever, because I love to know that the Green Mountain Boys have these jets at the airport. If something happened to us in Vermont, they can scramble and protect us. That's why I like that part of it, you know. But um, the sound is so loud. I mean, God, you can't even hear yourself talk or think, really. It's just, like, too loud. You know? As for Bobby Arnell, his feelings about the F-35 have evolved. He grew up in a military family in the Northeast Kingdom. My brother actually works for the Air National Guard. So it wasn't anything that was initially opposed to. However, I think a confluence of factors, you know, me having a daughter that is being exposed to these loud decibel levels and then really experiencing firsthand how intrusive, disruptive and extremely loud the fighter jets are really forced me to take an opinion. Um, And unfortunately, I feel like that opinion and the Those opinions that are in the community, I feel like, aren't being heard by those that are in power. And so that can be a frustrating aspect of all of this as well. So Bobby came to us with a question about the F-35. And we put it up for a public vote. 
That's how we choose what questions we cover because we want to be sure we're doing stories that people are most interested in. And you all picked it. No contest. And Bobby's question was basically, why are these things here? Welcome to Brave Little State, VPR's people-powered journalism project. Here on the show, you ask the questions about Vermont, our region, and its people, and we find the answers together. Today, my name is Bobby Arnell from Winooski, Vermont. A question about a complicated and controversial decision. What events led to the decision to base the F-35 in Vermont, and why are they located in the most densely populated region of the state? To answer Bobby's question, we dive deep into the VPR archives. The F-35 is the replacement for the F-16. There will be no mission for the Vermont Air National Guard if it's not the F-35. Whatever a U.S. senator wants from the military in their state, they get. And he helps us interview a senior member of the Vermont Air National Guard. Well, Bobby, it's a pleasure to meet you. My name is uh, General Hank Harder. We have support from VPR sustaining members. Welcome. Thanks to Vita for their support of Brave Little State. Since 1974, Vita has helped Vermont businesses grow and thrive. From agriculture to energy, startups to family companies. Find solutions that fit your business. Visit VEDA.org to start your next chapter today. And Sunset Lake CBD, a farmer-owned business crafting CBD products right here in Vermont. Learn more about their sustainable farming practices, delivery options, and how to support local farmers at sunsetlakecbd.com. I'm going to say at the outset that there is basically nothing straightforward about this story, not even the Vermont address of the F-35. It's based at BTV, the Burlington International Airport. That airport is technically in South Burlington. That's how this is going to go. So the F-35 is a stealth fighter jet that is the largest single weapon system ever procured by the Pentagon. And by largest, I mean the costliest. Each F-35 costs about $100 million. By the way, this is Brian Bender. I'm the senior national correspondent for Politico, where I cover military affairs, the defense industry, and space. This was conceived, oh, more than a generation ago. And the idea was, rather than have the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marine Corps all buy their own new fighter jet, because that was often the approach, let's buy one and everybody can sort of pony up for it. Pony up to pay Lockheed Martin, the company that makes the jets. And Bender says it's been a very international project. Our allies also put in orders for the F-35 and even agreed to manufacture some of the parts. And we're now at the point where the program is mature enough where it's starting to be fielded in large numbers. Vermont is one place where the aircraft showed up first in the Air National Guard. So why Vermont? We're going to answer Bobby's question in three different ways. Number one, the bureaucratic answer. The bureaucratic answer is that the Air Force chose us. Okay. Well, Bobby, thank you for your question. And thanks again for the opportunity to come on and and discuss this with you today. Our question asker, Bobby, and I interviewed General Hank Harder, not of the Air Force, 
of the Vermont National Guard. And I'm the Assistant Adjutant General Air for the Vermont Air National Guard. Bobby put his question directly to Harder, and here's what Harder said. The short version of that answer is in uh, the 1990s, the Air Force uh, delineated the F-35 program to ultimately be the the cornerstone of the multi-role fighter program for the United States Air Force. It was a long and complicated process. It started back in 2009, when the Air Force began to assess which Air Force and Air Guard bases should get the first F-35s. If you're not familiar with the branches of our military, the Air National Guard is a reserve component of the Air Force. And it was an Air Force process, not an Air National Guard process. So the Air Force narrowed it down to some finalists and produced a hefty environmental impact study. Our goal is to give you a reader-friendly document, they said on page two, of more than a thousand. They took some very passionate public comment, they revised their study, and in December 2013, they announced their choice. The Secretary and the Chief of Staff of the Air Force have selected Burlington as the first Air National Guard base for the F-35. Congratulations! Okay, so we were actually the first base that was chosen in, across the country to host the F-35. For the Air National Guard, uh, yes, Bobby, the, the active duty Air Force uh, has the F-35s out in Salt Lake City, Utah. And then years passed. The Vermont Guard prepared for the jet. Some people and even communities tried to reverse the decision in vain. Lawsuits and non-binding town meeting votes ran their course before the first jets actually arrived at BTV. This happened in September of 2019, right before the pandemic. Members of the Guard cheered as the first two F-35s arrived in Burlington. And now here we are. The F-35 is top of mind once again, or maybe for the first time ever, for Chittenden County residents like our question asker Bobby people who are living with the sound overhead. It didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense given how loud, how noisy and disruptive they can be. Um, And so I thought there must be some reason that they decided to place these loud fighter jets in Vermont. You can't blame Bobby for being confused because as much as this was an Air Force decision, there were some other prominent characters in the story. It's an investment in the airport. It's an investment to the local economy, uh, and it's an investment into the 1,100 men and women that, that work and serve our Air National Guard. Take the Vermont National Guard. They were very vocal in their support of the F-35. They said our Air Guard needed the mission because their current jet, the F-16, was aging into obsolescence. Our aircraft are going away within the next six to eight years, and the F-35 is the replacement for the F-16. Uh, we have no follow-on mission right now. There is no we, – we can't just go to Burger King and order a follow-on mission off the menu. Um, that's not how it works. There was also, of course, the national security argument. This was a post-9-11 world. The Vermont Air Guard had actually been activated after that attack. Um, there is a need militarily uh, for national defense. The structure itself brings benefits to the state and the community in terms of uh, fire protection, 
civil engineering, security, 1,100 bodies that are available to respond as we did in Irene. Then there was our congressional delegation, particularly our two senators, Patrick Leahy and Bernie Sanders. Sometimes, you yeah. also support the F-35s, which many of your supporters find a little incongruous. Well, but it's, uh, that's true. But I would, on that one, I would, my own guess is that probably more people support the F-35 than are opposed to it. But you're right. There are many people who are opposed to it. But sometimes you have to vote what you think is the right thing to do, even if not everybody supports you. Senator Sanders, Congressman Welch, and I have supported the F-35 coming to the Vermont National Guard because there will be no mission for the Vermont Air National Guard if it's not the F-35. That first bit was Sanders talking to our colleague Jane Lindholm in 2013. And then you heard Leahy talking to Jane in 2018. In fact, all of the archival tape in this story is thanks to the work of our VPR News colleagues over the years. As for the people we were covering, they've all said, we supported this decision, but we didn't make it. It was the Secretary of the Air Force. And they point back to that complicated selection process. There's five factors that we've been talking about. Uh, overall, the cost of uh, basing the airplane here, the capacity in which the... We asked the... Uh... Air Force has six public forums, a public comment period. Mission, which is a heavier-weighted part of it. And not only that, they then had the environmental impact study. They made that very public. And then there's a military judgment factor in that. But here's the thing about that process. It wasn't perfect. This brings us to a second kind of answer to Bobby's question. The uncomfortable answer. There was the contention early on, you know, when the basing decision in Vermont was made that, um, for lack of a better term, that sort of the books were cooked a little bit. Again, Brian Bender, the reporter from Politico. In other words, they made Vermont look more attractive, the base look more attractive, um, downplayed some of the environmental concerns about having the planes there, the noise level, um, the public safety you know, risk of, of this. Um, and, you know, and there were certainly people in Vermont that didn't want the planes who sort of seized that. This is where we meet someone who's been opposed to the F-35 from the beginning. Well, almost the beginning. I was originally for the F-35 coming until I learned the facts. This is Roseanne Greco. She joined the Air Force when she was 25. Only intended to serve four years until I got my master's and get out. And 29 years, four months, and four days later, I retired as a full colonel. In her retirement, Greco moved to Vermont and ended up winning a seat on the South Burlington City Council in 2011. That's when she first heard Vermont might get the F-35. And I do say this up front, the noise does not bother me. I sort of enjoy it. Um, I have since learned that it doesn't really matter what I feel about the noise. Greco says that as soon as she read the draft environmental impact statement, the EIS, it seemed clear to her that Burlington was not the best option for the F-35. There were other potential air guard bases in McIntyre, South Carolina, and Jacksonville, Florida, where far fewer people would be impacted by the noise. In the other two locations, the Air Force estimated the number of people in the loudest, quote, sound contours would be in the hundreds. In the Burlington area, it would be in the thousands. The numbers just popped out of you that, whoa. 
Greco read other things in the EIS that troubled her, about studies that had shown noise exposure can harm children and adults. From what I've read, the EIS sent mixed messages about how dangerous the noise would be. But Greco says she basically saw red flags everywhere. There was enough in the environmental impact statement that I think would cause any rational and any caring human being to say, this is not appropriate to put in a residential neighborhood. Part of Greco's concern had to do with the fact that the F-35s were supposedly louder than the F-16s. And the noise of the F-16s had already had a major impact in her community. In South Burlington, we are losing 200 homes because of the noise of the F-16. Those people around the airport are definitely not flourishing. Losing them to an FAA buyout program? Yes. Already 50-some have already been purchased. Many have already been demolished. Roseanne Greco, a retired Air Force colonel, went on to become one of the loudest and most persistent opponents of the F-35 and a thorn in the side of the Vermont Air National Guard and our congressional delegation. She even helped take the Air Force to court. But you can hear how her fight went by listening back through the archives. Here she is in 2012. All I am asking now is for our congressional delegates to please look into it. And again in 2013. The risks are far too great for a reward to be the first in in the country to get it. Jumping forward now to 2018... Once again, I hope I'm not naive, and I hope that the F-35 will be replaced by a plane that's compatible with our neighborhood. And here she is again in 2019. We have information from uh, places around the country that have reversed uh, military basing decisions. And so if other states can do it, we can too. There was one sort of victory. As part of a failed lawsuit, Greco got her hands on a huge tranche of Air Force administrative records. And as I recall, it was a little bit over 68,000 documents. And I always throw this in when I talk about this in the military. There were two ways to not provide information to the public. First is don't give them anything. Second is give them everything. (laughs) So we didn't get everything, but we got a lot. Greco says she and a group of women sifted through the documents And they say the records show that this decision was forced. One of the things they found was a memo from March 2013. This was about nine months before Burlington was announced as the chosen base location. The memo indicated that there was, quote, overwhelming evidence from the EIS that the McIntyre base in South Carolina should be the, quote, environmentally preferred alternative, not Burlington. As for the operational analysis, the memo said this. And the voice you're about to hear is our producer, Josh Crane, reading the Air Force quotes because we cannot get them for a recorded interview for this episode. Air Combat Command leadership indicated that there is no operational benefit of Burlington Air National Guard Base over McIntyre Air National Guard Base and that Burlington scored higher than McIntyre overall due to incorrect scoring. They said... The best place is South Carolina, McIntyre. We asked the Air Force what changed that resulted in the final selection of Burlington later that year. They provided a one-sentence response. The decision factors were outlined in the final record of decision, signed in December 2013. 
We also asked if the Air Force acknowledges that Burlington was scored incorrectly in its analysis. They didn't respond to that question. But this is where things get confusing. Even though this memo seems to indicate that there's no operational benefit to Vermont over South Carolina, at one point, a spokeswoman for the Air Force did tout Burlington as the ideal base from an operational standpoint. Here's Anne Stefanik on VPR in 2012, the year prior to the final decision. For the mission, we think this is going to be the best place. Mission was one of five factors the Air Force said went into their basing decision. The four others were capacity, cost, military judgment, and environmental impact. And different groups kind of zeroed in on different factors. Advocates for the F-35 often focused on mission. Opponents often focused on environmental impact. Here's a back and forth that illustrates this tension. It's from Vermont Edition in 2013. You'll hear the voice of VPR's Jane Lindholm, then Assistant Adjutant General for the Vermont Air National Guard, Richard Harris, and Roseanne Greco. And to be transparent, we have edited this tape a bit for the sake of time. And my understanding is that mission component Vermont ranks first and the environmental component Vermont is not first, but overall we're still the preferred base. Correct. Um, you, you take the whole picture into account in making that decision. Has so the Air Force ever said how they ranked those? That is it, ninety percent mission and and ten percent other factors? Or? Uh, I just I don't have the actual weights, but the 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 weights for mission is the the stronger weighted. Uh, because it's more about mission and meeting the Air Force needs to uh, to meet its strategy. So for the Air Force, mission is the key component here. Colonel Greco, for you, is it noise? Is it the environmental impact? Is that the key factor here in whether or not you think the F-35 should be here? Uh, the key factor, I think, are the people, without a doubt. Um, but the people as they're affected by the noise? Primarily the noise. Yes, primarily the noise. When you listen to that exchange, you can hear a crux of the whole debate. The impact these jets have on Vermonters' lives, the noise, that falls into the environmental impact bucket. But for the Air Force, while that bucket is a consideration, it's only a minor one. And yet, that's the bucket that nearly all of the public debate and sentiment was focused on, the noise. And that, too, was complicated. Opponents read the EIS and concluded that the F-35 would be four times louder than the F-16. The Vermont Air National Guard disagreed. We've said all along and recognized the fact that the F-35 is slightly louder than the F-16. Um, it is not four times louder. While the Air Force was making their decision, supporters of the F-35 in Vermont circulated these postcards. They said, among other things, quote, I concur with the Air Force's assessment that Vermont is the preferred location for the F-35. From the draft EIS, I understand the F-35 will create sound similar to the F-16, and there will be no adverse health effects on citizens, unquote. I believe it was 13,000 pre-printed addressed stamped postcards to individuals asking them, I guess, to sign it and send it back uh, to the Air Force. The campaign worked. Thousands of people sent these postcards into the Air Force, dwarfing the number of anti-F-35 comments they got. But the Air Force said publicly that the postcard wasn't accurate. Here's what they put in the final EIS. In all instances, the F-35 generates noise levels greater than the F-16s. The statements people had agreed with were misleading and downplayed the noise level and potential impact on residents. 
but it was too late. And after the decision was made for Burlington, the pro F-35 postcards became a talking point. We know the Air Force supported it, but if the people don't, are you, as a representative of the people, in some way required to to take another look? Well, I could tell the uh, 28,000 people who sent in postcards and signed a petition for it, let me think this over again. I mean, there, there's two sides on this issue. And it's here that we arrive at the third version of this answer as to why the jets are based in Vermont. The political answer. Vermont's bid for the F-35s for the Air National Guard was kind of a textbook case of politically powerful lawmakers bringing home the bacon, quite frankly. That's right after this. It's Brave Little State. I'm Angela Evansy. Today, we are answering Bobby Arnell's question about how Vermont ended up with the F-35. I asked Politico's Brian Bender how he would answer it. Well, you know, uh, one of the things that we at Politico cover very closely is what we call the politics of defense. So the Pentagon budget is enormous. And you know, the F-35, like any other major program, uh, has political spoils. And a number of years ago, um, Senators Leahy and Bernie Sanders, who are you know both senior members of the Senate, politically powerful, sitting on key committees, they went to bat uh, with the Pentagon and the Air Force to try and get Vermont to the top of the list when it comes to actually getting some of these new planes. Because, you know, you get new planes, but you also get... Um, sort of the economic benefits that come with. Our military is run by civilian leadership. They hold the purse strings. They have the power. After spending 30 years in the Air Force, you know whatever a U.S. senator wants from the military in their state, they get. Roseanne Greco says you can infer Leahy's influence from the administrative records, which reference extensive communication between the Air Force and Leahy's office. Brian Bender is a bit more demure in his assessment, but just a bit. I think there was a sense that that the political influence of Senator Leahy made a difference in the end. And so, again, even though the process for deciding these things is a pretty bureaucratic one where they do all kinds of different assessments, I've been around long enough and covered some of these debates long enough to know that while you might not be able to find the direct link between Senator so-and-so making the call and the decision being made, there's no doubt that, that these decisions can be influenced. And what about Bernie Sanders? My sense was that Sanders certainly didn't stand in the way of this. But I think optics for him were a little bit different because Bernie Sanders rails against the defense budget. But, but certainly he didn't stop it. And I think in the end, the Air Force maintains that, you know, even if there was a political push to get these planes. In the end, when they did all of their analysis, you know, they decided that Vermont was was at the top. And so that's why they decided to do it. When we asked the Air Force how they made their decision, they said this. The Air Force uses its strategic basing process when making basing decisions. Decisions are based on a comprehensive assessment of all viable basing locations. The strategic basing process uses criteria-based analysis and the application of military judgment. 
when we asked about the nature of the Air Force's communication with our delegation and how many times they were contacted by our senators, they said this. During the F-35 basing action referenced, the Air Force regularly briefed the defense committees and the affected state delegations on the basing status. The Air Force does not maintain records of delegation contacts. General Hank Harder, with the Vermont Air National Guard, dismissed Roseanne Greco's assertion that the Guard had unduly influenced or manipulated the process in any way. I can tell you that as long as I've been in the Guard and the people that I serve with, uh, we, we keep our oath very uh, prominent that we're going to serve to the best of our ability and serve the Constitution. And, and we're very proud of the job we do. And so um, were we proud to be considered for uh, the first uh, new fighter uh, for the Air Force in a very long time? Sure, we were. And we were providing information, accurate information about uh, um, our operations. Uh, and so that's, that's my point of view. Bernie Sanders' office didn't respond to a list of detailed questions about his support for the Jets. As for Patrick Leahy, he's always downplayed his own political influence. I wish I had the power to tell our Army or our Air Force or our Navy what they must or must not do, but I can't think of any senator of either party who's ever had that kind of power. Our question asker, Bobby, says he's written to our delegation to share his concerns about the F-35, but he's only ever gotten form-letter replies. If you could choose one member of the delegation to talk to directly, who would it be? That's a really good question. Um, I actually think it would be Senator Senator Leahy. I'd really like to know what that process looked like and what led to that decision and if he was aware of how greatly this would affect members of Winooski or how loud they would be. Um, and if he would still make that decision now, knowing how loud they are and, and all of the feedback that he's gotten from members of Winooski and also Burlington as well. Leahy's office declined our interview request. So we played the tape for him when he came on Vermont Edition recently and asked for his response. Here's some of what he said. Well, as you know, uh, Senator Sanders, Congressman Welch, myself, and Governor Scott all supported the uh, F-35. In fact, uh, the decision was made during the final decision during the Trump administration. And I think uh, the fact that everybody here supported it, and of course the final decision was that of the Air Force, uh, that's how it was made. Now, I've been there, I've heard them, They are louder than the F-16s. That's a different uh, frequency. Just like the um, planes that carry UPS and all those other uh, type planes, cargo planes, are are much noisier than some of our passenger planes. But because I have heard this is being noisier, I've been working to get uh, money, FAA funding, to help with mitigation. For example, we secured... uh, funding uh, for the Chamberlain School in South Burlington. We're getting uh, funding for communities to help. This noise, I think people do have legitimate concerns about noise. I know Senator Sanders, uh, Congressman Welch, I and the governor are doing everything possible, working with the Guard to do that. 
uh, but we do have an Air National Guard. And I remember when uh, Senator Sanders asked the uh, Secretary of the Air Force, if we don't have the F-35, do you have any other plane we could have? She said emphatically, no. And he said, but we all agreed to. We should have then the F-35. We should be very, very proud of the Air and Army National Guard that we have in Vermont. I'm extremely proud of them. The sound is a reality, but the mitigations can be uh, improved. There are things that can be done, and we'll do it. There's more audio from this interview. To hear the full exchange, check out the link in our show notes. And a spokesperson for Leahy followed up after the fact to provide more comment. He defended a noise modeling software that Leahy had asked the Air Force to use in their assessment, called the Carnes 3, saying it's more accurate. The spokesperson also pointed out that concerns about the use of afterburners on the F-35, which make it sound even louder on takeoff, haven't come to pass. According to the Vermont Air National Guard, they've used afterburners just once since the jets arrived here. You might remember at the top of the episode that Bobby Arnell said it was frustrating to feel like he and others weren't being heard by the people in power. He didn't get to speak with Leahy for this episode, but he did get to pepper General Hank Harder of the Vermont Air National Guard with questions for almost an hour. They talked about the decision itself and what Bobby thinks of the jets now. I think one of the frustrating things for me is not ever really knowing when they're going to be taking off or landing. And Harder explained some of the ways that the Vermont Air National Guard is mitigating the noise of the jets. Some people call it in, in, in aviation noise abatement. So one of the things we did with the F-35s is actually raise the traffic pattern by 500 feet. And there was very much a vibe of this is the way things are now, regardless of how exactly the decision was made. We're here for the foreseeable future. You know, it is the mission, uh, the federally uh, resourced and, and mandated mission that we have to train and be ready for the nation's call. So we're here. Uh, we're part of the community. We're interested in what folks have to say. Uh, and uh, we're going to balance our activities as much as we can uh, and continue to engage with the community. And, and, uh, and we're appreciative of that opportunity. But the story isn't totally over. What happens uh, now is the um, Air Force and the Air National Guard will do another noise uh, modeling study to see if what that was predicted is, is kind of the reality of, of how we are doing our operations. Another noise study. If the outcome is different than what was expected, do you have any idea as to what that means for future uh, missions for the Guard? Yeah, I don't want to necessarily speculate on that, Robbie. I think we'd, let's let's take a look at what the noise modeling comes out with and see if it's close to what the EIS environmental impact study uh, outlaid when it when it was published. This study is not scheduled to be complete until 2023. But is there any outcome that would change the basing of the F-35 here in Vermont? We asked the Air Force this, and they said, "quote." there are no plans to change locations. Meanwhile, the F-35 has a somewhat tarnished public image beyond Vermont. Here's Brian Bender again. It's overcost, much delayed, and in the opinion of a lot of critics, not nearly living up to all of the billing. But I think most people agree 
the program has invested so much money that, and we're so far down the road that there's no turning back. The question is whether, as some members of Congress will assert, is it time to sort of cut our losses by as many as we think we really need, but then move on to something else. But would that matter for Vermont? And is the Air Force's decision one that could ever be reversed? You know, it's a good question. I mean, never say never. I mean, obviously, it's, especially these days, anything is possible. But it's hard to conceive. The National Guard is very powerful politically. So I don't think it's impossible to happen, but I think there really have to be much more of a groundswell to the point where this becomes an issue that could make or break individuals running for elected office in Vermont. If you are running for governor or you're running for Congress in Vermont or, you know, Senate or maybe even the state legislature and it, you know, and you have to weigh in on this because if you don't, um, it could spell whether you get elected or not. I think that's where you could see there being a real chance that this could be reversed. But it would also be costly, probably, to reverse it. Bobby, do you want to ask any final questions or share any final thoughts? Yeah, so I I do want to thank General Harder for coming to speak with us. I think that's part of my frustration and others within the community is sometimes our concerns that are made to the decision-making authorities, you know, federal representation, local representation, it seems that they aren't always willing to engage in this kind of debate. And Bobby made clear, his criticism of the F-35 basing isn't criticism of the Air National Guard writ large. Sometimes I feel like it's taken that way. Um, I think the Air Guard, I think the National Guard in Vermont does a lot of great things for the community. However, when it comes to the F-35, I feel like uh, in a lot of ways, it's more detrimental to the community than beneficial. I, I really appreciate uh, your, your questions and your comments. And uh, you're right. I think sometimes comments or questions can be misconstrued as challenges. And that's, that's not what we're looking for. We want to work with the community as best we can. But our question asker, Bobby, isn't staying in the Winooski community. He sold his house. In August, he and his family are moving to Burlington's Old North End to get away from the noise. Thanks so much for listening to the show. And thanks to Bobby Arnell for the great question. We've got a ton of bonus content, including video by VPR's news fellow, Marlon Hyde, up at our website, bravelittlestate.org. While you're there, you can also submit your own question about Vermont, sign up for the BLS newsletter, and vote on the question you want us to tackle next. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit at BraveStateVT. I reported and produced this episode with help. Myra Flynn interviewed Winooski residents, and Josh Crane surfaced all the old audio from the VPR archive. Those two also helped edit the episode with additional editing from Liam Elder Connors. Mix and sound design by Josh Crane. Digital production by Myra Flynn and Elodie Reed. Ty Gibbons composed our theme music, other music by Blue Dot Sessions and Myra Flynn. Special thanks to Bob Kinzel, Julie Masuga, Kirk Carapeza, and Taylor Dobbs. And to VPR's program, Vermont Edition 
for doing so many shows on the F-35 over the years. Brave Little State is a production of Vermont Public Radio. We have support from VPR sustaining members. You can become one of those at bravelittlestate.org slash donate, or just tell your friends to listen. I'm Angela Evansy. We'll be back soon with more people-powered Vermont journalism. Until then, remember, be brave, ask questions. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.